The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Interrevolutionary Radio with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, Peace on Earth, Goodwill Toward Everyone But Muslims, Ani Zonefeld returns to update us on the Islamic world's response to ISIS and to answer your questions. It feels kind of crazy, doesn't it? The holidays are all about peace and goodwill, and we have presidential candidates threatening to carpet bomb ISIS in areas full of innocent civilians. Some of us are feeling really sick about it. But what are the solutions? On November 5th, we interviewed Ani Zonefeld, founder of Muslims for Progressive Values. Ani talked about what she sees as the real Islam, in contrast to the distorted form of the religion practiced by some. Ani is deeply knowledgeable, and it was an education. But we'd like to know more about what's happening in the Muslim world to combat ISIS, and we want to know more about how ISIS is attacking the Muslim world itself. Let's get the view of a woman who is in touch with world events and the topics so much on people's minds. And let's see if she can't help us sort out what's happening in this troubled part of our globe. We've heard enough rhetoric. How about some information? So now's your choice. Now's your chance to call in your questions. And now, here's Beth. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Well, it's Christmas Eve. I'm having a little trouble realizing that it's Christmas Eve, mostly because I guess I'm not expecting Santa. That must be the reason. But anyway, when I read the news, uh, you know, it's like, oh, my God. And so why are we talking about this depressing topic on Christmas Eve? Aren't we supposed to be binging on sugar and, you know, opening presents? Well, because everybody's thinking about it. You know, we can't we can't avoid reality, can we? Although we might try. So but we have some absolutely fabulous news for you first. So before we get to Ani, and I can't wait to talk to her because she's been traveling and I want to know everything that she's found out. But before that, we have such fabulous news. Take it away, James. Last week, we had a lot of positive news on climate action. This week, in honor of our guest, Ani Zonaveld, we're offering some really positive news about Muslim-non-Muslim relations. Believe it or not. (laughs) <laughs> there is some good news here. It's excellent news. In fact, we've I just got more news you, you don't even know about yet, James. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. We've heard the negative. Now how about something to cheer about? As you may have heard, we at the interrevolution.org have launched a new thrust called the Campaign to Unite All Movements, which asks everybody, black, white, straight, gay, individuals and organizations, everybody, to endorse a statement declaring that we will unite to support one another instead of just supporting our own group or cause. And that's just what we're beginning to see more and more of in the world. And we're really heartened to learn about it. First, the most amazing news was reported by Newsweek on Monday, December 21st. We're including a lot of details, but if you missed this story, you're going to want to hear it. Muslim passengers defended Christian passengers during an extremist attack on a bus in Kenya last Monday. That's Kenya, honey. Oh, I'm sorry, Kenya. Kenya. 
Uh, I'm just saying that because, you know, I understand why James said Kenya. A lot of people used to use that term. Yeah, but the British used to pronounce it that way. Yeah, it that colony. Was, <laughs> right. So it's because when Kenya became independent, they started calling themselves Kenya. So <laughs> Okay, well, my yes. father's name was Ken, so this would be easier for me. It to remember. should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Members of the Al-Shabaab militant organization shot at a bus in Mandera, Kenya, forcing it to stop. Once the militants boarded the bus, they attempted to separate Muslim and Christian passengers, intending to kill the Christians on board, the BBC reported. Abdi Mohammed Abdi, a Muslim passenger, told writers, We even gave some non-Muslims our religious attire to wear in the bus so that they would not be identified easily. We stuck together tightly. The militants threatened to shoot us, but we still refused and protected our brothers and sisters. Finally, they gave up and left, but warned that they would be back. The local governor, Ali Roba, confirmed the account in an interview with Daily Nation, a Kenya publication. Quote, they refused to separate from non-Muslims and told the attackers to kill all passengers or leave. There were 62 passengers on board, according to the paper. Al-Shabaab has previously targeted and killed Christians in a similar fashion. Now, how many of us would have had those kind of guts? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they've done it before, right? So, I mean, we know they're capable of that kind of slaughter. So, can, please continue. I, I think that's the most touching story. Really? Yeah, I agree. Doesn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Go, go for it, James. We're also seeing other moves from within the Muslim community to really extend their hands outward. Here's a story from the New York Times, dated December the 20th. U.S. Muslims begin to publicly confront questions on Islam and violence. Basim Issa, a real estate developer and the president of his local mosque in Chattanooga, Tennessee, has struggled with how to attack the assumption that Islam gives rise to terrorism. He knew that the association was strong. Only last July in Chattanooga, four Marines and a sailor were killed in a terrorist rampage by a young Muslim man who grew up in the local community. He said, every time something like this happens, we have national news media, local news, asking us, what do you think? Now some Muslims like Mr. Issa are beginning to publicly confront the uncomfortable questions that non-Muslims have about Islam and violence and trying to provide answers both through words and through the example of how they live their lives. And so, at a memorial service at Olivet Baptist Church for the slain military members the day after the July 16th attack, Dr. Ali told the crowd that he and other Muslims in Chattanooga were grieving along with the rest of the city. Then he asked the Muslims in attendance to stand as a sign of their allegiance to Chattanooga and to peace. And when the dozens of Muslims in attendance did so, the audience applauded loudly. Dr. Ali said in an interview later that the message he wanted to deliver was, count us among the mourners, not the perpetrators. His daughter, Iman Ali, who was 16, said the service was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had. Outside the recruiting office where the five were shot, across the parking lot is a plaque that testifies to how the city responded. Quote, we did not riot, we prayed. We did not lash out at easy targets for revenge. Instead, we invited each other into our lives, homes, and places of worship. 
Yes. That, isn't that also, Ani, you're hearing this too, isn't that also a fantastic story? I mean, why aren't we hearing more about these stories when they happen? You know, it's like these are not the stories that we're that are being shared. And in our campaign to unite all movements, and I'm going to try to twist Ani's arm to endorse the statement. <laughs> You've got to read it. If you don't agree with it, you don't have to sign. But take it a moment. I mean, the whole idea of this is that we have to start fighting for each other. And I'm going to. We have a couple more fabulous stories about Muslims and non-Muslims together, uh, because this is what it's all about. You know, we who are not Muslim need to stand up for the Muslims and the Muslims need to stand up for the rest of us. Uh, and that's the way we're going to really build, you know, nobody's the victim. We're all supporting each other. And I, I have to just add this one little thing before I, before you go on with the news, James, I just read this, this minute in the Huffington post, 24,000 people signed a letter of radical love in support of American Muslims. And it includes 7,000 signatures from clergy members. I can't wait to get my hands on that letter. I want it to be 24,001. And it was hand-delivered today um, to Muslim leaders in the Muslim Community Network in New York City. God is not Muslim. God is not Christian. God is not Jewish and so on. So this is a fantastic moment. Again, people are really beginning to catch on. The only way that we're going to be able to stop this craziness is for the Muslim community to feel welcome and for the non-Muslim community to feel welcomed by Muslims and to get through uh, this stereotyping and uh, vitriol and come together and say, we really are one and an attack on anybody is an attack on all of us. And that means that we all have to stand up for each other. So I'm going to shut up now because James has two very short little newslets that go along with this story. <laughs> yes. Uh, these two items are from Upworthy.com, dated December the 18th. This article was sent to us by Chris, one of our listeners. A California mom found a way to help Syrian refugees with young children who have been forced to flee Syria, leaving everything behind. When Crystal... Logothetis noticed how many refugees were carrying their babies and young children for long distances. She decided to do something about it. She raised money and began collecting baby carriers, which she and other volunteers personally deliver to those who need them as they're traveling to safety. She called her movement, Carry the Future. And as a result of that movement, refugees are better able to travel more safely and comfortably with babies and little kids. And finally... Muslims raised money to rebuild Christian churches that were damaged and destroyed by fires. In June, there was yet another terrible mass shooting that stole the lives of nine members of a black Christian church in Charleston, South Carolina, one of at least eight churches with black congregations that were burned in the wake of the shooting, many of them as a result of suspected arson motivated by racism. A handful of Muslim American groups began raising money to help members of those Christian congregations to rebuild their houses of worship. The Muslim groups exceeded their funding goal of $100,000 for those churches. Beth, any comment? Well, it just, again, it just makes me want to cry. And uh, that, you know, the, there are people who really get it that black people need to stand up for Muslims and Muslims need to stand up for black people. And we all have to stand up for one another. And I. Uh, Anybody who hasn't, any, anybody out there, you can sign on to our statement, uh, which is, um, you know, in our campaign to unite all movements. It's, it's a simple statement. To, it's on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash the inner rev. 
And it really is making the statement. But what I like about this is we're not just making a statement. These people are really acting it in their lives. And I'm so encouraged that with the venom and the hatred and the insanity that's going on today, that there are people who are really getting it, that we have to act in a way that shows each other our oneness. And that is the only way that we're going to combat this insanity. And that gives me the Merry Christmas. And I know, James, I think you've got one more story before we bring on Ani, but this is not about Muslims. We have, we're actually talking about something else today, too. <laughs> also, I wanted to add, you can go to the website, theinnerrevolution.org, and there is the statement under Campaigns to Unite. Uh, inner, uh, uh, the campaign to unite all movements. Okay, yes, here we go. Thank you, okay, now to the, another topic that we have been covering, football. While football fans are thinking about the Super Bowl, Americans are more and more con- thinking about concussions. Will Smith's new movie, Concussion, is premiering Friday, Christmas Day, and we expect a lot of people to start talking about the many dangers of the sport, not just head trauma. If you didn't hear it, we conducted a fabulous interview with Stephen Allman, author of Against Football, a former fan's reluctant manifesto where he just laid it out about football from kids' leagues on up, including injuries, the culture of violence, including domestic violence. That radio show was aired live October the 8th, 2015, under the name Tackle Football, Just Turn It Off. And you can still listen to it via podcast. What an eye-opener. But now, get this, a Hall of Fame former player and coach, Mike Ditka, Ditka is advocating that kids not play football but a safer sport like golf. This comes from Sporting <laughs> wow. News, December Isn't the 24th. Cool? Yeah. <laughs> in, re- in recent years, by the, way, by the way, he was Mr. Tough Guy when he was playing and Mr. Tough Guy when he was coach. But James now he's play golf. a sports fan, you know. Oh, but, but I don't watch football anymore. No, that's okay. because I harangued him. <laughs> <laughs> in recent years, the presence of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, has become more and more apparent in athletes who have experienced head trauma, especially football players. Former Bears center and coach Mike Ditka has seen what the disease can do firsthand. Ditka's roommate from his days with the Chicago Bears, Mike Pyle, died in July at age 76. CTE was later discovered in Pyle's butt brain. According to Ditka, talking to Pyle was like conversing with a child. Ditka now says he would try to push kids to play a safer sport such as golf, rather than football. Beth? Yeah, well, that's amazing. See, the inner revolution, right? It's about oneness, accountability, and mutual support. And all of the stories that James is talking about is people standing up and finally doing the right thing, really taking accountability for our impact on each other, showing our oneness, and being mutually supportive. And our world is changing. I I don't know about you, but every time I... I read the news. I, I, I don't know whether I should reach for a gun or I should get some arsenic. And uh, you know, then, <laughs> then don't I do listen, it. Don't do I, it. <laughs> well, then I listen to our show. And when we're listening to our show, we have all these great stories and we meet great people like Ani. And Ani is just this fabulous uh, person. She has not been afraid to speak at about anything to anybody. She has spoken up about what she sees as detrimental in Islam. She is willing to speak up and challenge, uh, you know, the crazy Islamophobia. She is willing to stand up to her family or anybody else in order to be honest and to be accountable. And her organization, Muslims for Progressive Values, 
would turn your notion of Islam on its head. We had a great interview with her last time. She really talked about what Islam is from her perspective and what's in the Quran and what isn't in the Quran. And it really stands up against, you know, what the terrorists say. And it also even corrects a lot of what the typical moderate Muslims say. And it certainly is opposite to what so many of the rabid anti uh, Muslims are saying. So uh, you. Please listen to that show if you want those kind of fundamental discussions that she's already given us. But today, we want to welcome her back from her travels, and we want to find out what's going on out there that we don't know about that she can tell us about, and what she sees changing, and what she doesn't see changing, and what's happening in the Muslim world. So first of all, welcome, 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 Ani. It's such a pleasure to have you back. Thank you, thank you, Beth. <laughs> Everybody loved you, except for the people who wrote nasty notes to me on Facebook. So, you know, when we oh, put no. this show out, oh, yes, oh, yes. I mean, I get such hate mail on every show. I got hate mail on the football show, believe me. <laughs> I've gotten hate mail on our, our campaign to unite all movements, and I got hate mail on yours, too. So it's just as well that you don't come on and you don't look at it. But there's also people, people who don't write who say, yes, they like it, and they're learning. And uh, it was just a real eye-opener for everybody to discover that what people think of uh, in Islam, even in the Islamic community, may not actually be the genuine Islam. So we can get a little bit more into that, but first, just, just because we're going to be going on break in a couple minutes, um, what are you seeing changing out there? You've been traveling. Where did you go and what's going on out there? Um, the last time we spoke, I think, was in October. November. No, November, and it yes. was before I went to Malaysia. Yes. So since then, I've been to Malaysia. We had a, a, an international conference, Muslims for Progressive Values conference there, and we were uh, up against some death threats. And then after that, I came back, and then I went to Geneva. There, I was challenging Somalia on its human rights abuses in the name of Sharia law. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my it's God. Quite, quite the spectrum, yeah. <laughs> you have. And, you know, Somalia, I think, has just banished Christmas. That's right. Yes. I mean, people are crazy. I mean, yeah. truly. Uh, what can I say? I think people just are crazy. And so, Brunei. Not just Somalia, oh, but also Oh, that's right. Brunei. And Brunei. That's yeah. right. So, uh, Ani, just, uh, you said that you were up against uh, death threats in Indonesia. Uh, Malaysia. I mean, excuse me. I have Indonesia on my mind because the Indonesians have come out with this big campaign since you were on, too. Uh, yeah, in Malaysia. And what were these death threats like? And what was it like for you? Well, this is the first time that I've experienced such a campaign. Um, it was basically, um, they, they had lifted a video of me doing the call for prayer on our YouTube, cha YouTube channel. And um, then they posted on their own Facebook page. And they, they said, here's uh, Ani Zonneveld doing the call for prayer. And the question in bold letters, who is Ani Zonneveld? And she is a liberal Muslim, liberal being. Oh, my that God. Bad oh, my God. Oh, it's such oh. a bad word, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she advocates for LGBT rights, and and uh, and then what they did was uh, quite unforgiving. They tagged all the religious authorities in Malaysia, and basically challenging the religious authorities to look into me to 
uh, um, to deport me if I was already in Malaysia and to investigate me. So um, within two and a half days, there were over 90,000 views on the videos and over 1,800 shares, so much so. That- <laughs> But the death threats then started coming in, and it was uh, comments like, um, you know, the the blood of an apostate is halal, it's it's permissible. And uh, so I I think that my family member, you know, even those that don't agree with me, uh, were very concerned and called me um, to warn me about the death threats. And so... um, so we compiled um, all the screenshots of all the threats that, that we received, including they were going to burn down the hotel. Um, but these are the radicals that are just operating, um, you know, they're, they're just citizens of Malaysia. But then the re- religious authority also called the hotel and, um, and uh, demanded to have the information about who the organizers were and their contact information. And if the hotel didn't provide for it, they were going to raid the event on the day of the event itself. Um, so three days before the actual event, we publicly announced that the event was canceled, the conference was canceled, and we moved it to a different hotel, and obviously we sort of had to reorganize again. Um, But what was really amazing is that um, everyone, the NGOs and everyone that was on our invitation list, you know, were understood the the threats and understood the environment, and they were very uh, secretive, equally as secretive about the new location. so the name of the conference, ironical enough, is um, anti uh, uh, anti radicalism in Malaysia, oh. <laughs> countering a counter, countering radical extremism in Malaysia, oh. and here we are being threatened not just by uh, a group of the radicals in Malaysia itself, but also by the religious authorities. That is absolutely appalling. But you did have your meeting. Yes, and it was a fantastic event. I got, well, we need to go to commercial break, but hang on to your seats. Don't go anywhere. Ani will still be with us when we come back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Transform yourself and your world. Check out Beth Green's online community, theinnerrevolution.org, where you'll find effective support to become the person you really are. Find a variety of activities, including men's, women's, and family groups, low-fee counseling, workshops, events, and free support. Subscribe to our newsletter and receive a free PDF of Beth's book, Living with Reality. Meet a group dedicated to galvanizing the inner revolution sweeping our world, all at www.theinnerrevolution.org. I'm Beth Green, and I want to help you revolutionize yourself and our world. Take advantage of my powerful intuition in a private consultation that will amaze you. Discover my five books, three CDs of original music, School of Intuitive Counseling, upcoming workshops, trainings, and community. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free PDF of my book, Living with Reality. Tune into Inner Revolutionary TV, my channel on voiceamerica.tv. Find this and more at my website, theinnerrevolution.org. Be part of the inner revolution sweeping the planet. 
Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio with Beth Green on the Voice America Variety Channel. And now, also enjoy Beth's channel, Interrevolutionary TV, on voiceamerica.tv. See inspiring videos about our guests and the inner revolution. Hear commentaries that will help clarify our time. And watch interviews of people who will matter to you. Think outside the box. Watch Interrevolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Interrevolutionary Radio with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Interrevolutionary Radio. Hi, welcome back to Interrevolutionary Radio. And if you're not eating candy or, you know, shopping, uh, and you're listening live, you can call us. Give us that number, James. I know most of you are going to be listening afterwards, but just in case. James, the, the phone number, do you have it with you? Yes, oh, well. I do. Yes, okay, I do. Great. Yes. Great. Uh, so call us with your question or a comment at one 472 5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You know, we're trying to have as much fun as we can on this show. We always try to have as much fun as we can on this show. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, if we don't have fun, uh, what are we going to do? We could get really depressed and we have to keep fighting. We got to keep our spirits up. But uh, this is no joke, and it's so upsetting to hear what happened to Ani. And, and uh, you know, she, we'd like her to t- uh, talk to us about what has happened in Malaysia because we don't associate Malaysia with this kind of uh, radical behavior. You know, we don't hear about it like we do Boko Haram or however you pronounce that. And um, to, to find this, uh, this, this deep uh, radical... Uh, uh, kind of a form of Islam is very disturbing. So, Ani, tell us, give us a little context of how all of this is happening. Uh, a lot of it has to do with politics and the use of religion um, in in politics, and we've seen this also <laughs> in American politics, right? Oh, oh, um, oh, and it's right. Uh, yeah, so it, it's a given. And uh, politicians who really don't have um, much credibility or, or corrupt or any good new ideas to offer always default to using religion to prop uh, prop themselves up. So in the last few years in particular, we have seen the Malaysian politics um, usurp religion and the amount of religiosity, and this is this fake religiosity, is is incredibly scary. Um, they have the, the, and what's really unfortunate is the Malaysian government the, uh, the government, government itself, the Malay Muslims, are the one who are uh, feeding this radical theology to its citizens. So you have the rural areas and the small towns who uh, primarily speak Malay. Um, they listen to the government radio and they watch the government television. They go to the local mosque, which is run also monitored by the government and run by the government, uh, local governments. And so, you know, they're getting the same religious uh, propaganda. Yeah. And the mullahs and the religious committees, they're also, um, uh, they are administered by the government, by the prime minister's government itself. So there is this uh, whole co-op uh, of religion 
the message of religion into politics. And so they have come to the point now where they have de- demonized Shia, Ahmadiyyas, Sufis, uh, any kind of Islam except unless you believe in this very rigid, narrow sort of Islam. And by the way, it looks no different than Saudi Arabia. Really? It's that yeah. bad? It is that bad. And it was going down that route for the last 12, 15 years, but in the last three, four years, it's acutely so. Uh, Ani, maybe you can help us understand, because there are people like me who, you know, we know that it wasn't always this way. And, um, you know, okay, so we've been told, well, it's Saudi Arabia, Wahhabism, and their their money, and the Madras, but something has to be going on in the consciousness of people that they're going to accept this kind of stuff. It's like, I don't blame Donald Trump for Donald Trumpism. I blame, I blame isn't the right word for it, but, you know, I look at what is happening in the consciousness of people that they're gravitating to a, that kind of ideology. So, you know, it's the same thing, of course, that you would say about Hitler or Miss yeah. Mussolini. Yeah. So, you know, why, what has happened in the, I know the Islamic world is a very big place, what a quarter, a quarter of the world's population is Muslim, and there's still differences. But what do you think is the, un, I, I don't know if you can answer this question, but I'd love to know if you have some view that you can share with us about why people are buying into this kind of rhetoric and what is really fueling it? It's really easy. It's actually uh, playing on you know, the reptilian <laughs> fear. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's that simple. And I think people, um, it's easy to put people in the mode of fear. It's also easy to make people feel by affiliation, whether it be a race or religion, that they're supreme. And when you already have Saudi Arabia and the Malaysian government continuing on with this message, oh, Islam is uh, superior to other faiths, um, it is a supremacist um, ideology and theology, and it's, it is incredibly dangerous. And I don't think, um, I think uh, the politicization of it is what makes it, um, which, ramp, which ramps it up to the next level. And then you've got the issue of um, Malaysia is multicultural, just the way the United States is, mm-hmm. but you know, in Malaysia, it's been it's been peaceful with all the multi race races and the uh, multi religious entities. And you know, for the most for the most part, we've always like greeted each other. Christmas was 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 a festivity or whatever Islamic festivity. Everybody shared and participated in each other's festivities. Now, in the last five seven years, there's been this slow radicalism that's been shifting that that language. To that, you know, it is forbidden for Muslims to wish our Christian uh, citizens, you know, fellow friends, you know, Merry Christmas or oh Happy Taekwism and so on and so forth. So it's it's going in that route. And then you've got Brunei, our neighbor, uh, outlawing the celebration Christmas for this year for the first time. So this is really quite shocking. So Malaysia, our our group, Muslims for Progressive Values in Malaysia, in in partnership with other coalitions, actually have issued a statement um, demanding that Malaysia make a statement against what Brunei did, which mm-hmm. I know is not going to happen. But right, not the way they treated you. Yeah, but the, definitely the there is a um, there is a play up on the the Chinese and the Indians. It's just so easy to play up on 
uh, demonizing other races, your fellow citizens, um, uh, you know, to to better yourself, which is really so lame, and which is exactly what uh, Trump did. Oh, absolutely, and in fact, uh, I uh, we had another story, and this woman on it, she was just attacking all immigrants and. Uh, you know, they're taking our jobs. And so I very calmly sent her an article, you know, which talks about immigrants and how the, the we're talking about undocumented workers, how they can't get welfare, <laughs> and how they can't yeah. get food stamps. And all of the, and you know, after I sent her all this objective reporting, she completely dismissed it. And she said, you've been fed a lot of lies. 400 uh, women have been raped in South Carolina by illegal immigrants. Mm. I said, really? I guess it was this last week. It must have happened last week because <laughs> it didn't hadn't happened before. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it, you know, well, I, I am just so frightened, really, and aghast. When I say frightened, I don't mean I'm afraid something is going to happen to me because, you know, I was a social radical you know, from the time I was little, and I think I'm sure that you've done this too. You know, you just decide that you're not going to worry about it. No, you know what I mean. You may feel fear, but whatever, right? You're gonna yeah. Go. But yeah. My, but my fear is more about what's happening to people, the ugliness that is being fed. It's like, you know, there we have this part of us that is loving and believes in oneness, and then there's this other part of us which is hateful, and it is, you talked about the reptilian brain, we call it the ego, you know, which is all it's about me, and which, which part of us is getting fed, and, and what you're saying, and I think it's true, is that, it, that what is being fed in us is the hatred, and it is mutual. It's happening everywhere, yeah. and I guess what I, I, I still don't understand, I mean, I can understand, uh, you know, I made a video called uh, White People Who Has Your Money, uh, where I just laid it out, <laughs> that because I, I did this video for Trump supporters, I, I expected to have a little flack, but, it, it, but the people like that, you know, it's like you think that black people and immigrants are getting rich and you're getting poor, you know, are you crazy, and just gave some facts, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, but nobody wants to hear it. So I know that people are feeling very depressed. There are economic fears. Certainly in the U.S., people have actually lost a lot of income. The white working class is not doing as well as it used to, and it's very easy to turn people against each other under those circumstances. But, you know, it still it just feels to me like there's something afoot that I can't put my finger on about why... We're buying into the worst, although I've seen, of course, a lot of bigotry in the past. I mean, it's not like, like it's new. But it also feels like it's a reaction to the progress that we've made towards unity. Because there have been so many movements towards unity, like the LGBT rights and gay marriage and, you know, the um, much more tolerance of other religions and races than when I was growing up. And mm. it just feels like this wave of backlash that people have been stuffing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true in Malaysia, but it feels true here. People were stuffing it because they were embarrassed. And now we have people out there on the news who are spouting this stuff like it's gospel. And they feel now they don't have to stuff it anymore. They don't have to hide all that anger. And it's a, it's, it's a very frightening thing. Are you seeing anything positive 
out there too. <laughs> I mean, tell me. Tell yes, me. yes. Tell I, me, tell me. I, I, absolutely. Amidst all the negative negativity, there's always positives, and it brings out the positive. I mean, you highlighted some incredibly positive stories just here in the United States, um, and 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 also in Kenya. Um, we can dwell on the negative, but we do have to work a little harder to dwell on the positives. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, even in Malaysia, what we're doing is we're creating a coalition of um, of progressive Muslims, and we are challenging the government fatwas. And um, there, there are, I can see the youth in Malaysia sick and tired of the radical that is being pumped down their throats oh, and they don't they don't really? buy it oh really they don't buy it i if you there is a website i'd like to plug it's called freearabs.com and it's in english and you'll be very happy. I think your audience will, 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 will watch some of the videos and it's got subtitles in English. And you'll know that there is a lot of people, um, individuals on the ground really fighting the good fight and speaking up even though they're going to be challenged or thrown in jail or charged with apostasy. Um, we were just recently supporting a guy who has a television show in Egypt. He's a scholar of Islam. His name is Islam Bahairi. And he was challenging some very basic um, interpretation of Islam and the Al-Azhar University, which is the Sunni religious uh, educational institution, accused him of apostasy. So he, the court then charged him with apostasy, which oh. is the most in- ridiculous um, charge. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so we're still waiting on the outcome of that. But so people are really speaking up, even if it costs them their, their freedom, their lives. Um, so the Muslims in the Muslim world are the Muslims in the Muslim world are the ones that are suffering mostly from oh, yes. this yes. radical shift. Um, they're the ones that are on the front lines. They're the ones that are getting killed or jailed or tortured. And um, speaking of which, if I may, um, next month in January in Los Angeles, we have yeah. a huge event where we are. Uh, honoring Muslims in the Muslim world who are defending freedom, freedom of religion, freedom of belief, of uh, just human rights defenders who are either been uh, jailed, tortured, or killed. And we have some celebrities that are going to be coming and they're going to be reading in the first person of these uh, nine honorees that we are highlighting. You know, I'm very interested in this, Ani, and I was going to ask you about it after our next break anyway, so I'm glad that you brought this up because this is a very important story. And uh, before we go to break, I just want to underline something that Ani just said. You know, one of the tragedies, I think, of the situation that we're seeing here in the West is that, that, that people are turning against Muslims when Muslims are the, the most likely to be killed, to be raped, to be tortured, either by government or by terrorists. And I, it's, just, it's just so upsetting to think that there is no realization, respect and honoring of these brave souls or these people who just happen to be <laughs> innocent, who happen to be th- living there, who have to put up with this and that this blanket condemnation of Muslims is, is impacting so many people. So when we come back from break, I really, I'd like Ani to tell us more about this event and some of the incredible people that they are honoring. But 
Right now, we're going to commercial break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Transform yourself and your world. Check out Beth Green's online community, theinnerrevolution.org, where you'll find effective support to become the person you really are. Find a variety of activities, including men's, women's, and family groups, low-fee counseling, workshops, events, and free support. Subscribe to our newsletter and receive a free PDF of Beth's book, Living with Reality. Meet a group dedicated to galvanizing the inner revolution sweeping our world, all at www.theinnerrevolution.org. I'm Beth Green, and I want to help you revolutionize yourself and our world. Take advantage of my powerful intuition in a private consultation that will amaze you. Discover my five books, three CDs of original music, School of Intuitive Counseling, upcoming workshops, trainings, and community. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free PDF of my book, Living with Reality. Tune into Inner Revolutionary TV, my channel on voiceamerica.tv. Find this and more at my website, theinnerrevolution.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Inner Revolutionary Radio. Welcome back to Inner Revolutionary Radio, and today we are interviewing Ani Zonefeld, who is the founder of Muslims for Progressive Values, and you better check them out. MPVUSA.org because she has turned people's heads around and we need to turn people's heads around on this issue. And Ani's going to come back and tell us more about this incredible event and the people that they're honoring that's coming up very shortly in January. But before that, I want her to talk about some small things that we're doing on the ground, not because we're so great, but because I think that these are examples of other things that people can do uh, that can make a difference. We, uh, what, what I'm noticing, Ani, is that there is a little bit more openness. I don't know if this is generally true or I'm just seeing it. In the Muslim community, to open up and not be so guarded and not be so inward because of the situation that the people are facing, the number of hate crimes, especially the attacks on women. There was a, a, a day... Uh, recently that one of the major mosques in San Diego uh, sponsored and they had police officers there about what women should do because they're being harassed, Muslim women. But there was a lot of discussion. I mean, one of our members stood up and she's a black woman and she said, you know, I've experienced this too, you know, feeling unsafe. And uh, it just opened up that whole conversation that it isn't just Muslims. It's like we all have so many human experiences in common. And what we have been doing, we have something called Super Supportive Sundays, which is part of our campaign to unleash the power of kids through fitness, cooperation, service, and thought. 
and we have been talking to people in the Muslim community to have them to come together and have some shared days together where we can play together and cooperate together and do service together and share on a deep level with each other in that person-to-person context. And slowly but surely, we're beginning to get some responses. And one of the women that I spoke to, she said, we've been a little bit slow on the uptake. She said, there's a Montessori school across the street from us, and they've been looking at us for years, and we've never gone over to say hello. And they're going to have an open mosque day. And so what I'm noticing is more openness and a change in the Muslim community of becoming more like outgoing, more supportive, and more realizing that we have to build these bridges on both sides. Is that typical? I mean, are you seeing that too? Yeah, um, I I particularly noticed that uh, when there was this um, bikers um, demonstration outside Arizona mosque. I don't know if you recall that with their guns. And um, the mosque basically opened the doors, you know, just come on in, you know, and they were... (laughs) They were cold and hungry, and actually a few of them went in, and after that, they were just like, oh, this is very peaceful. I'm, I'm enjoying this. So, you know, so I think there were a couple of guys, you know, hardened hearts that were softened as a result of that. Yeah. And um, I think it, I think this is long overdue, but mosques in general have been opening up their uh, their doors um, maybe you know once every quarter, open mosque day. You know they have been doing that since nine eleven, but I think there is even more doubling down of that effort. Yes, and but it's very confusing because on the one hand, it is the traditional mosques in the at least in the U.S. who are opening their doors, and yet they're still not really teaching progressive values. And, no, yeah. no, no. So, it's just, it would be just like an Orthodox Jewish temple opening right. the doors, you know. Okay, great. So you're peaceful, but your values are still not progressive. Yes, I think that's part of what really confuses people. So talking about values that are progressive, tell us about some of these people that you're honoring and then tell us more about this event in, in January. Right. Um, some of the there's nine um, honorees. There's Raif Badawi, who is the Saudi blogger who's uh, jailed for ten years, one thousand lashes for criti- critically analyzing the oppressive theocracy. Um, his lawyer Walid Abu Al Khair, who is also in jail right now for defending him, and he's in jail for fifteen years. Um, Farkunda Malik Zada is a 27-year-old uh, theology uh, teacher in Afghanistan who challenged a, a religious guy for selling charms and you know and its fake uh, supernatural um, abilities, and, and so he charged her with burning the Quran falsely. It charged her for burning mm-hmm. the Quran, and she was basically lynched uh, by 50 men and burned. Um, and then you have Samira al Nuaimi, who was tortured and murdered by the uh, the ISIL of Iraq for criticizing their barbarism and destruction of Islamic heritage sites. There's Sawabu Gaigis, who's a lawyer, political human rights ac- activist from Libya for fostering egalitarian governance. Sabine Mahmoud, a Pakistani human rights activist, who basically does a little bit about what we do, and that is creating an inclusive space where people can come and share different ideas, book reading, music, poetry. She was shot in the face. Um, she was killed by the radicals there. Saudi al-Wasami, a Somalian parliamentarian and, and a singer, 
um, of socially relevant songs. So she was gunned down by Al-Shabaab in 2014. Nisha Ayub is a trans uh, from Malaysia. She was charged fine uh, for being transgender. And Avijit Roy is a secular activist, uh, a blogger hacked to death in Bangladesh. So every one of them um, stood up to injustice. Every one of them stood up uh, for basic human rights um, at, the den- at, at the risk of their own lives. Um, so what we're doing is we are, have created sort of a narrative, very short narrative. So for example, Raif Badawi would say, my name is Raif Badawi and I'm a Saudi blogger. I s- established a Saudi liberal network and we exposed democracy and critical thinking of theology and because of that my father turned me into the religious authorities as an apostate I am now in jail and so on and so forth and whoever this the person who's reading it is going to be uh, maybe a Reza Aslan maybe a Keith congressman Keith Allison and we're trying to get more um uh, more and more celebrities, uh, you know, visible, high-profile individuals to come on board to read these personal stories from the first person because as celebrities, they should be using their celebrity status for these very unknown but incredible human beings. And these aren't only uh, Muslim celebrities? No, no, we and are. We're not seeking. We want a, it to be. We want it to be multicultural. Uh, yes. We we don't want this to be about a Muslim thing. It is a basic human rights which should be of importance for all human beings. Absolutely. And is this a fundraiser, Ani? Yes, it is. And who are the funds going to? It's going to uh, Muslims for Progressive Values and the work that we do on human rights. Good. As as yeah, and as a Muslim organization that is uh, that has consultative status at the United Nations, we are the um, faith-based human rights organization there at the UN. And and I was saying earlier on, I was in Geneva earlier on and arguing against Somalia's human rights abuses in the name of Sharia law. And, uh, so, you know, Somalia was there in the room and I'm looking at them in the face, their yes. representative and saying, you know, you cannot call yourself so-called quote-unquote Islamic State when men, women, girls and boys ca- cannot live, you know, freely and Free from oppression, free free from mental and physical torture and um, victimization. So, until you have a humane um, um, society and where people can live in dignity, you cannot call yourself an Islamic state. Period. Yes, wonderful. Now, how do you deal with the quote moderates? Because see, most people are either saying, "Okay, well." We don't want to see, uh, you know, our Muslim brothers and sisters being, uh, you know, threatened. And I, so absolutely, of course, we all concurred with that. At the same time, you're not that happy <laughs> with the traditional thinking because they're not really supporting progressive values and the real people who are fighting for human values. And so w- what kinds of things can you do there? Well, what we are starting to do now is to be a little bit more visceral in and uh, and and point out the hypocrisy of these moderate, so-called moderate Muslims. Uh, what are those moderate values? Let's yeah. have a checkbox and let's go through this checklist. Um, if because I don't see them, especially the moderate, so-called moderates here in, in the United States, speaking up for Muslims in the Muslim world, no. um, they are all very much preoccupied with um, Muslim rights here in the United States, which is fair, which is a fair argument. We've got our 
plate full on that. But you cannot um, claim to be a moderate and to support your own rights when you don't support other people's rights. Yes. That That's doesn't exactly. Hold water. I, yeah. You know, we're, we're so in agreement on that. I mean, that's why we started this campaign uh, to unite all movements because it bothers me when Black Lives Matters will not fight for Muslims and when Muslims will not fight for gays and when gays will not fight for Mexicans. And, uh, you know, it's like... We're missing the boat here. Yeah. This, this is about human rights. And, uh, you know, I happened to remember that you had said there was nothing about homosexuality in the Quran. So what is the justification for being uh, anti-gay in, in a mosque in America? You know, nobody's got a gun pointed in your head. So yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love what you're doing, Ani. I mean, you are truly an interrevolutionary and somebody that we so support. And uh, before uh, we, we kind of conclude our show, James, why don't you tell us what we're talking about next week? Can you believe we're at the end of the show already? How did this uh, happen? How did it happen? Always. <laughs> I don't know what, but, uh, but we had to give the news. We just have to give the news. So, okay, go, go James, tell us. Okay. Coming up next week, 2015. Bury the year and stomp on it, says Madame Mazurka, the funniest dead Transylvanian psychic you've ever met, or not ever met. Hear her on our New Year's special. Well, if you've never met the hilarious Madame Mazurka, you're in for a great treat. She comes out on special occasions when host Beth Green puts on a long scarf and turns into a dead Transylvanian psychic who tells it like it is and has enough insight to make us all feel uncomfortable. This year, for our New Year's show, we're throwing a party featuring Madame Mazurka being interviewed by our fabulous alternate host, Christine Benton. Madame M. will be joining us to offer her commentary on the year past and the year to come. She'll be taking calls, too. So join us for a wonderful time where we will be combining insight, humor, and some New Year's predictions. And call in if you can. You never know when Madame Mazurka will rise again from the dead to delight, entertain, and enlighten us, so don't miss this rare opportunity to be with her and ask her questions. And happy 2016 from Beth, James, Madame Mazurka, Christine, and the Interrevolutionary Gang. And now, for a final word from Beth. Well, first of all, darling, I want to tell you, Madame Mazurka and I, I'm going to tell you that there has been censorship on Interrevolutionary Radio. <laughs> I did not say 2015, bury and stomp on it. I said, bury it, stomp on it, and spit on the grave. They have censored me. <laughs> if you want the real thing, you'll have to call in next week, and you're going to have to listen to me. So thank you very much. That's all I have to say. And by the way, I think Ani is a delight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to meet you in person at some point. Okay. Well, thank you, Madam Mazurka. We know what we're in for next week. So, uh, Ani, is there anything that you would like to share? So, the the information about this event is going to be on is on your website, mpvusa.org. It's on your Facebook page. Anything that you would like to share with people? as we uh, take it out to this Christmas Eve? 
Well, share the, share the event, um, especially if in your Los Angeles, and uh, hope to hope people come out and support us. And um, if not, just share the event with uh, with friends and sh- share our message, share our website. I think what we're getting is the more people that under that know there's a different perspective of Islam. There is um, there's a the, the hardened heart softens, like I said, and the hate yeah. dis- dissipates, and there is a bit more of an understanding of. There are different Muslims. We're not all terrorists and we're not all crazy. Right, and you're not all, quote, moderate either. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, which, which also means that I'm just going to, I know we have like 15 seconds or something. I wanted to say this. I believe that deep down inside, even a lot of American Muslims know that there's another way, that, they, that some of them uh, resonate with some of the values that you share. And there's a lot of social pressure for people to stick with the group. But as the more that you're known and the more a movement is built, the more likely people will feel free. They don't have to have so much courage if they're not by themselves. So God bless everyone. Whatever holiday you're celebrating, may it be happy and may we actually start seeing peace on earth. Thank you, Ani. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and James Maynard. The next episode will broadcast live next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And don't forget Inner Revolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Think outside the box and join us. <laughs>